It is running back day here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show as our NFL draft coverage continues to move forward. After we talk about the running backs, we'll be talking about the draft needs of the AFC North. So for anybody who is infatuated with Joe Burr, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with the Cleveland Browns, with the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, maybe what do they get to help their teams? The, the information is going to be here for you. And of course, we have one quick question to start the show. Ed Birdsell, Jake Simone. Jake, how are we? Doing well, my friend. Tons to discuss today. Love to discuss. Love to discuss. Let's get into it. I know we what we're starting off with today, and let's just say I've been looking forward to it all day because I love my people. Oh, we love the people. We are, we are big fans. We are, we are men of the people. We are men of the people, as evidenced by, of course, going into the mailbag and selecting the one quick question from the mailbag, as we normally do. If you want to send your question to the mailbag, email to the email link to the mailbag. That was that was terrible to get out. So but you get the point. Link to the mailbag email is in the episode description. So if you want to send in your questions, that is how you do it. You guys know already the mailbag was flush with questions. So as always, much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much. So this question comes from Ryan. Jake. Where, oh, where is Ryan from? Portland, Oregon. Beautiful place. Beautiful place with, with beautiful people. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people in Portland, Oregon. So Ryan asks, who is one player that you guys are expecting to bounce back from a down year last year. And when we say a down year last year, we are talking statistical. We are not talking about a down year because of injury. Like, I think that's, that's, that's like, that's a cop out. So we can't just say, Oh yeah, Derek Henry's going to have a bounce back. year." (laughs) Derek Henry was still a top 10 running back, even though he was injured for almost three quarters of the year. So Derrick Henry won't be mentioned in this discussion or anybody that was injured for a significant period of time. So mainly this is centered around performance-based bounce backs, guys that will regress to the mean, have positive regression towards the mean. Jake, you have one pick at this. Who's your guy? I actually had a couple guys in mind. It's funny that you mentioned Derrick Henry because I just feel like the running backs in general, there wasn't that guy for me that stuck out that will bounce back due to poor performance it's more of injury related right. issues they had right. last year the but cam makers jk dobbins travis right. Etienne's, those, those kind of guys derrick henry's as well christian mccaffrey <laughs> christian mccaffrey well do we do we believe christian mccaffrey no, yeah. is ever going to stay healthy that, again that, that's a whole nother can of worms there but you, you're not seeing us come out and say mike davis will have a bounce back here miles, oh, miles gaskin gaskin miles gaskin no no thanks i'm good all right i'm going to get into mine Curtis Samuel. No, wait, I'm just kidding. Oh, for uh, God's <laughs> sake. You nearly I, put me in the I, grave with that one. I'm not even going to lie. Interestingly enough, though, I'm going to stay in the, on the same team, and it is Terry McLaurin for me with the Washington Commanders now. Got that one correctly. Carson Wentz, we saw it last year with Michael Pittman. Made him a fantasy star. Terry McLaurin with Dwayne Haskins, his rookie year, was a top 10 fantasy receiver, if I'm not mistaken. I was. believe that was with ha- it was with Haskins, right? It wasn't it was with um, Haskins. Yes, correct. But who, it wasn't with that other clown they had there, right? It was uh it was with it wasn't it was wasn't Taylor Heineke. No, no, it wasn't Taylor Heineke. I'm, I might be thinking of like Colt McCoy or something like that from but was I could I could McCoy? be mistaken. 
I know Haskins started some of the games there. Yeah, it was when Alex Smith had the injury, when Alex yep. picked Dwayne Haskins, and then it went to – it might have actually been Colt McCoy. Here, keep keep doing your, uh, yes. your stick, and I'll get, but, I'll get the answer. But we saw with somewhat serviceable quarterback play, Terry McLaurin was a – not the, the powerhouse wide receiver one that a Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, those guys were. Who knows if they'll be that this season, but – we saw McLaurin be a fantasy wide receiver one, maybe on the mid to lower end, an extremely high fantasy wide receiver two with just average quarterback play. And dare I say, even below average quarterback play, it's not even dare I say, Dwayne Haskins was not average. He was horrific. So Carson Wentz, all he needs to do is be serviceable. Be put up Because Carson Wentz didn't put up bad numbers in Indianapolis last year. I think the reason why he was – kind of exiled from there was due to the last game of the season. It might've been a rapid reaction from a uh, very impulsive owner that acts emotionally quite often. So if we get the same Carson Wentz, maybe a little bit better last year who made Michael Pittman a star in fantasy football, there's no reason to think that Terry McLaurin should not return back to form and a guy that kind of burned a lot of people late in round two, early round three last year. Some people might have a little bit of, PTSD from drafting Terry McLaurin over some other guys. I think he's a really good play this year, particularly in that third, fourth round range. I'm not necessarily sure he's that late day two pick, but I'm pretty confident in saying that he bounces back this year to what he was his first year in the league. It was Colt McCoy. I I don't know how I remember all that, but I can't remember what I did two weeks ago. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yes, it it was in fact Colt McCoy. But then also in the picture there was Case Keenum. Oh, Case Keenum yeah. was also there as well. So what? What a stud! If, what an absolute animal! Hey, I think Car- Carson went. I think Carson went a little bit better than those guys. Tiny bit, just a, a teeny, and we've and like I said, he, we've seen him support fantasy wide receivers that are extremely relevant in fantasy, particular, particularly those wide receiver ones, wide receiver two types, not those flex guys. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, I, I don't think it requires much for Terry McLaurin to become, like you said, a very viable fantasy receiver. It just requires a little bit of competence from the quarterback position in, in Washington. And they probably have that now with, with Carson Wentz because people, people can go and they can talk about Carson Wentz, this Carson Wentz, that what Carson Wentz has, what Carson Wentz doesn't have. He took the Colts to within one game of, of the playoffs a year ago. Now, unfortunately, they couldn't beat the Jaguars, so that opens up a whole other discussion about, about the Colts. But let, let's not act like Carson Wentz was the reason why the, the Colts lost that game. The entire Colts team laid a fucking egg against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 18. It wasn't on Carson Wentz. I would say that the Washington Commanders have a more complete team now than the Colts did. They have a better defense they probably have a better all-around offensive setup there. Probably have better coaching as well because, I mean, Frank Reich is a good coach. We're, we're talking Ron Rivera, who you could say is one of the top 10, if not five, coaches uh, in the league. It, it's a really good setup for Carson Wentz where he just has to be not bad. And that's what Carson Wentz kind of is. He's not bad. He's not going to do anything where you're going to be like, wow. But he's not going to do anything where you're going to be like, oh, oh, why'd you do that? He's going to make smart decisions. He's going to be very bang average at best. But to get his number one guy the ball, he's going to do it because we've seen him do that throughout his career. The top guys in offenses that are spearheaded by Carson Wentz 
are always good for fantasy. Zach Ertz, Michael Pittman a year ago, uh, Alshon Jeffrey for the shortest time. He was productive for fantasy as well. Terry McLaurin is going to be very much in that same boat, I think. And we forget when all those guys were injured for Philly. Remember Travis Fulgham? Of course I do. He made Travis Fulgham a star temporarily. And Tempor- now where's, where's Travis Fulgham now? Might not even be in the NFL for all I know. So someone please send out a bolo for Travis he, Fulgham. Carson Wentz, moral of the story, loves his number one option in the offense. And they might get another pass catcher. They probably do need one because we know the Curtis Samuel experience. We know how that ends. So might behoove them to get another pass catcher in there alongside Terry McLaurin. But I think that'll only help Terry McLaurin. In a contract year, I might add. In a contract year where he is, Jake, you want to finish a sentence? Looking to get paid? Correct. The man, we is love playing, <laughs> the man is playing for his cash. So in my half PPR ranks, I have Terry McLaurin right now at 44th overall, one spot above DJ Moore, one spot below Chris Godwin, and four spots below Jalen Waddle. So basically you're talking about him as like a fifth round pick right now, or at least in my ranks where he's being drafted. Yeah, that could be edited. I'll put I'll pull up the uh the, the ADP data. Okay, that's more interesting. So he's being drafted right now in the fourth round. I, I have him at 44. He's being drafted at 46. I love it. I, I would do that all day. I would all too. Day. I would too. I think that's that's fantastic value for him. Uh you want to rattle off just some some other some other guys? Just yeah, just 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 to be quick, uh with quarterbacks, I think Kyler Murray will be a top five option again in fantasy. I don't think it's time that we need. We, remember Kyler Murray. I think a lot of his issues were due to DeAndre Hopkins getting hurt as well as the injury. I'm not ready to bail on Kyler Murray. And another thing about Kyler Murray, what's he looking for to get fucking paid? Exactly. He made a pretty big spectacle out of this whole off season for looking for his paycheck. So if he doesn't get paid, that's another reason to love him. And to a little bit of a lesser extent, I also think Robbie Anderson burned a lot of people last year. But if they get Malik Willis in there, who has an absolute cannon of an arm, or Kenny Pickett, who's a very effective deep ball thrower, I think Robbie Anderson and, and DJ Moore also, but DJ Moore is pretty solid still last year, despite all the horrific quarterback play in Carolina. I think Robbie Anderson gets back to the rostering realm of fantasy football again. The Robbie Anderson one is, is very interesting because he's he's a guy that every year towards like j- late June, July, people start to give him a little bit of steam. And he starts to rise up boards a little bit. And he's one of those guys that'll pop up in like the late middle to early late part of drafts. And you're sitting there and you're just like, oh, why is Robbie Anderson there? And you take him. And then by week three, he's off of your team. Oh, he was excellent, though, the first year in Carolina. Oh, he was. Teddy he Bridgewater. was terrific. He was terrific. And he just and, busted and he out spectacular. Every year, Darnold's <laughs> yeah. been his quarterback. He's been horrific. Yeah, it, it behooves me. It be who the only time that we've seen Robbie Anderson be successful with Sam Darnold was against my Dallas Cowboys. Oh Judge. man, 92 yards. Yeah, after Sam came back from because he loves just kissing pretty women. So so I hear. So I hear. That's that's just according to a source that Sam does enjoy kissing pretty women. All right. So I'm torn between I wanted to say one. I'll save him for after. But the one that I'm gonna go with is I'm going to go with Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders. I think a lot of people 
are going to be very concerned about just the overall shape of this Raiders offense of where you want to actually invest, because obviously the top tier option, the, the, the premium option for this offense is going out and getting Devonte Adams, who right now is my number 10 overall player in half PPR, the sort of not as premium option, but still pretty rich option would be a Josh Jacobs, who for me in half PPR is sitting at 37th overall. And then you get to the Darren Waller range where Darren Waller, for me, he's being taken in the sixth round. We go to ADP. He's being drafted at 55th overall. I have him going at 56th. I think for me, if you're telling me that you can get Darren Waller in round six, when, you know, you have the top tier premium tight end options, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, who are going pretty much round two. Kelsey is firmly in round two he's 17th overall mark andrews just going at the turn in in, in 12 team leagues uh at 24th overall but then you look at the, the the fall down for the tight ends then the next up is kyle pitts at 38 george kittle at 52 then darren waller at 55 you can get darren waller in the sixth round when he can come back potentially be healthy i like that a whole lot and it frees you up to go and get someone that has a bit of upside later on in the draft. Like say you wanted to go get yourself. If you're, if you're into this kind of thing, a Mike is You could do it. You want to go get yourself an Alberto, someone that has tremendous upside being the number one guy. As of now in Denver, you could do it. Albert Ogwegmanam is going 138th overall right now. It's number one tight end in Denver. And you can say what you want about Russell Wilson's history of throwing two tight ends, but He's the number one guy in that offense. He's appealing to a lot of people, myself included, or even a Dawson Knox, who's going 110th overall. I am very happy, by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, that Dawson Knox's ADP has kind of settled a little bit because he was going at a point where he was going around Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard at like 80th overall, like round eight, round nine, which to me is crazy. But Darren Waller would be would be that guy that I'm really looking at and saying he's got bounce back written all over him. What is going to be a fantastic division. And you want a guy who's going to be in these matchups where you see the Raiders going with the Chiefs. There could be 70, 80, 90 points put up in that game. Same thing with Raiders Chargers and Raiders Broncos. There's so many shoot. There's some shootout potential with this division. And you're going to get six of those games a year. With your tight end, who, yeah, yeah. I think Darren Waller's a very, very good shout. But I would be interested to see if Waller rises a bit, because I think he will. I don't know if he stays at 55 overall. I think he probably settles again in that round four range. And it really depends then on who you're taking Darren Waller over. Yeah, my biggest thing with him is just staying healthy. I mentioned to you in part of playing fantasy football is you kind of need to call when the end is kind of near for a player, right? Cause you don't want to get burned when a player is declining and he's an older player at age. I, but what is he now? He will be what? 31 next year. He is. If I'm not mistaken. I so, can tell you right now he is. He'll be 30. So that's not necessarily young. And we saw him get hurt last year. And honestly, I think a lot of his production with Derek Carr under John Gruden, and it's not to minimize Darren Waller because obviously he's a talented player. 
I think a lot of that came down to the lack of receivers they had in Oakland or Las Vegas, whatever you want to call it, because they Oakland, didn't really Vegas, get, same thing, same thing, because we all know John, John Gruden, God bless his soul, but uh, he had a little bit of an unorthodox way of doing things. He didn't necessarily seem to buy into needing another wide receiver. It didn't behoove him to go find one. It's a way to put and, it. Exactly. So now you have Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in football, and Hunter Renfro, who really developed a great chemistry with Derek Carr. It's just a lot of factors for me, man. I don't know. It's just I'm I'm not necessarily there yet with Waller. I could get there, but I'm not there yet. But I I see the – again, we talk about this all the time. You want part of shootouts, right? We talk about it. You want to be part of certain matchups. You want – Every part we what do we say every week on the mailbag? I want every ounce of that game as I can get. Yep. And this does apply, and I think it's a pretty good shout. I think his his price will rise, but at this price, I could see it. I can get behind it. At this price, yes. But if if yes. it's in round four, if we start talking no that, that Darren Waller's in the range of a of an Elijah Mitchell, in the range of a Leonard Fournette, in the range of DJ Moore. If you could tell me DJ Moore has Malik Willis there, Terry McLaurin. I wouldn't be as enthused with Six that. Pounds. But if you're taking Darren Waller in the range of the quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks going in like this round five, round six range. I'm on St. Brown, Chris Godwin, James Connor. Yeah, I, I would be very much on board with, do with I, taking do I get Waller. A, do I get a full year of Godwin? Um, say he misses, say he misses the first, I will say he goes on the pup, but say he say he's out three or four, three or four games start the year. I think I still might go Godwin. Okay. What if he goes on the pup and misses the first six? Then it's a different story. I could be one in five and my season's over. Fair. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. And then the other guy that I was going to say too, and I, I just didn't want to make it, um, too receiver heavy, but of course my guy, Alan Robinson, Alan Robinson. What about Michael Thomas? No, no, not a <laughs> you don't chance. Want him again? <laughs> no, not a fucking chance. Hell no. I, I, I say that now, but I feel like in August we will be sitting here saying, "Yeah, Michael Thomas is great value where he's getting drafted right now." Jameis Winston supported fam- fantasy number one receivers all the time. He's finally healthy. See, I have I have Michael Thomas's ADP up right now. Jake, where do you think Michael Thomas is going? Outside the top one hundred players. Nope. 75? Bang on. Bang on the money. 76. 76? 76th overall that's right gonna now. Sky- that will, that's going to skyrocket. I'm telling you, there's no way. Michael Thomas or Darnell Mooney? Thomas. Come I would on. Take, I would take Thomas as well. Mooney's see, going it's going to get to that point. You see what I'm saying, though? It's yeah. going to be pretty soon Michael Thomas or Terry McLaurin. I'm telling you, it's going to get to that point. Michael Thomas or Michael Pittman? Michael Pittman. Pittman is higher than Thomas right now. Yeah. Michael Thomas or Hollywood Brown? Thomas. I'm not a Hollywood guy. I'm not a Hollywood guy either. For me, it's Thomas. But those are two guys where I'm just, I want to be out on as much as possible. Michael Thomas or Hunter Renfro? Interesting. Full or half? Half. Thomas. Full what Renfro. About, what, for what, now. About full? what about Thomas. full? What about Thomas? Oh, interesting. Interesting. I would take – I actually, I, yeah, I would take – you, you do take, forget. I would take Thomas and Balls. We do forget. I don't want to get too far off topic, but you, we do forget the last time this guy played, he had 150 catches in a yeah. season. That was <laughs> so, true. 
It's true. Let me give you let me give you one more and then we'll uh, we'll we'll move on. Michael Thomas or Amari Cooper? Cooper, easy. Cooper, I think Cooper has the potential to be a top 10 guy this year. I do too. My projections had him as a top 12 guy. With with Deshaun Watson, if uh, you well, we also need to preface this on are we getting a full year of Deshaun Watson? All right, I'll ask you this. If Deshaun Watson is suspended four games, Cooper or Thomas? Who's the backup quarterback now? Jacoby Brissett? We'll say Baker Mayfield for right now. No, there's no way. Uh, with Mayfield, it's no doubt. I'm definitely still taking Cooper. With Jacoby Brissett. Okay, I we'll say Jacoby need... Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, if I'm getting a full year of Michael Thomas, I'm going to take Thomas. Okay, so even with the four, even with the four game suspension to Deshaun, you would take you would take the Thomas over over Cooper. If I'm getting a full year, yes. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. And then, of course, uh, like I said before, uh, Allen Robinson is, oof, Allen Robinson. Let's, uh, let's we'll, see. We'll see if OBJ comes back in the full two of uh, LA. Then, if if OBJ does go back to the Rams, I'm not necessarily that big on Allen Robinson with OBJ back there. Allen Robinson is going 87th overall in half PPR box as of right now. That'll skyrocket. Remember, we have the draft and all that. We'll talk about the pass catchers on this podcast, but I think the, the rookie pass catchers will change a lot of your rankings right now. Oh, without a doubt. Without a so, doubt. I'll be I'll be I'll be updating my ranks for the next month after after the draft, just because I'm in the middle of doing uh Dynasty. I have to do super flex and I, I'm like I'm taking my time with it just because I know. I'm going to update my ranks and then I'm going to go get to draft day. The draft's going to happen. And then I have to do the, do my ranks all over again. So it's, yeah. it's just like, you know, well, I don't want to be a slave to them right now. Quite, quite frankly, I, I really, really don't, but we'll be talking about the running backs today. And then of course you'll be hearing the pass catchers episode on Friday um, before we get into anything. Um, I just really want to wish everyone a fantastic time watching the Masters. Watching the Masters that contains Tiger fucking Woods. I, I, I it still still hasn't hit that on Thursday, a dream that I thought was dead 13 months ago that I would never see Tiger Woods on a golf course again is going to come true. And Tiger Woods is going to be playing in the Masters. And the best part is that remember, Tiger said that he would never compete unless he thought he could win. And the reporter asked him, he mentioned that, and he said, do you feel like you can win the Masters this weekend? All Tiger said was, I do. That was it. Hey, I'm telling you right now, if Tiger is in contention. Plus 5,000 odds right now. Oh, I'm, 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 putting, I'm putting money on Tiger to win. I, I don't care. It'll be like, if I were to say I would have put like 15, 20 bucks on it. I, I don't know what I'm going to throw on it, but it was the best 15, 20 bucks I ever spent. Even if even if it does lose, it'll just like just something that I could just throw. Something I could throw and like have have a good time watching Tiger. But I'm gonna watch Tiger whether I bet on him or not. But yes, everyone, please enjoy the Masters because it's it's the best weekend of the year. Best weekend of the year. Just it's the unofficial start to spring for me. Is Masters Thursday, and we are two days away. We're recording this on Tuesday, April fifth, five forty p.m. All right, let's get into the running backs. Shall we? Jake, before we get into the individual ranks and, and, and things like that, your initial takeaways from this running back class. 
not as complete as the last two drafts is the big takeaway. I feel like we don't have the de facto running back one that we've had in the last two drafts with obviously it depends how you're for me, it was Jonathan Taylor. And then last year it was Travis Etienne for me. We'll need to see how that plays out. Etienne obviously got hurt, but yeah, unfair to judge him right now. But in terms of the day three guys, I think this year might be better than last year's draft. But in terms of the top end guys, no, 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 no. The last year's draft, these guys that were in the top end of this year's draft would have been around later than those other guys, if you know what I'm saying. Last year's was a little bit better at the top for me. I agree. I agree. I think this draft is a lot less top heavy than it's been in the last two, even three years. But where I think this draft, this class for, for running backs actually is pretty, pretty well off is it's pretty deep in terms of solid contributors that can help a team right now. But in terms of like, like you said, the top tier guys, you put Kenneth Walker, you put Brees Hall into the class from last year or into the 2020 class. These guys are probably round late round two, early round three picks. They're not guys that in a normal year you would be salivating over like some people are with Brees Hall, like some people are with Kenneth Walker. They would just be other guys that have a a decent enough ceiling where a team can take them and hope for the best. So without further ado, Jake, we did this on the quarterback show. We're going to do it here. The top five running backs. So because you went first on the last one, I'll go first on this one. Yeah. I'll, I'll lead the way. So we, my number we go five, five to one. Yep. Yeah. Five to one, five to one. Uh, my number five guy, I went with Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. Oh, we go, we go back and forth. I'm sorry. Yes. I went with Damian Pierce out of Florida. Hmm. Okay. He's my number four guy. Damian Pierce out of Florida. My number four guy is my, remember last year. I, I no, no, that's another guy, but I also love this guy. I'm going with James cook out of Georgia. I, I do like James Cook a lot. He actually was my was my sleeper. So we'll, we'll talk about James Cook uh, definitely for sure. Uh, my number three, I went with a, a, a little – this is like a me kind of pick because I do love these big-bodied running backs a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Tyler Allgaier out of Yale. Or excuse uh, me, BYU. BYU. I, I went with Tyler Algier too. Remember last year who was my guy in the draft? What was my popular take last year in the draft when I, when I had a particular? Let me see if you remember. Oh, shit. And you this is my you bias. Had many, you had many popular takes last year in the draft. But this this was not biased because my team, this was obviously I give it away now, but the Jets drafted obviously was Michael Carter. Oh, Javante. Oh, yeah. That's fair. I mean, we, we, both, we both did love I, Javante last year. I love, to be fair. I love Tyler Algier, though, man. He is. We'll, we'll, we'll get into him. Oh, yes, we will. Because there's a lot that I that I loved. Um, so he's your number three as well? Yeah. Okay. Then my number two, this is where I think we may disagree. Maybe, maybe not. I did go, I did go at number two. I did go with Brees Hall, Iowa State. It's funny, I did too. Okay. And then number one, we went with Kenneth. I assume yeah, yeah, Kenneth yeah. Walker out of uh, Michigan State. So we'll start with the with the with the top two guys. 
uh, maybe the differences between the two, Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall. Uh, Jake, who do you want to start with? You want to start with Kenneth Walker or you want to start with Brees Hall? It's up to you, buddy. Uh, we, we could start with Kenneth Walker, I guess. We'll, we'll start with Kenneth. We'll start with Kenneth Walker. And I know, I know you are a Michigan State guy. So uh, yes. So I, I think you are definitely the guy to to lead the conversation about about Kenneth Walker, <laughs> given you have dedicated more of your time to watching Michigan State football more than I. But I, I yes, I I of course watch more college football than I could ever dream of. But <laughs> yes, your, your your thoughts about your boy, your Spartan. Uh, Kenneth Walker the third. Michigan State's only one of my schools. I, I have about like four schools I have an affinity for. But oh, I know. Yes, you do. Michigan, I do love Michigan the Spartans. State, Alabama, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, St. John's, uh, St. John's. Bad. Yeah, that's the yeah. cutoff. Uh, <laughs> that's the like, cutoff. You're talking about like um, great, 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 and then St. John's is like d- lower than shit. It's like it's, it's, it's like, beneath the cesspool. Bi- it's like Billy Bean would say: "There's good bad, and then there's fifty pounds of shit. Then there's us." <laughs> yeah, bingo. Um, Yes. So the thing with Kenneth Walker, what I would tell anybody is if you want to learn more about Kenneth Walker, just turn on the Michigan game from last year. Literally, that's the only game. If you if you don't come away from that game saying, oh, my God, this guy will be a mega superstar in the NFL. And the thing that I look for a lot in my running backs is guys that have that second gear that get going right. They get to the second level of defenders. We talked about this, obviously, at Lance last year. And to me, that is Kenneth Walker more oftentimes than not getting to that second level was not a hard thing for him to do. But once he got past the second level of defenders, he was off to the races. You just couldn't stop him. He was one of those running backs where you see guys that kind of hit the hole hard and then they kind of run out of steam a little bit. And they, they're not big play guys, but they hit the hole hard. So they get good chunk yards that way. This guy is like a kind of like an airplane. He gets slower. And then as su- you see what I'm saying? He keeps getting faster and faster. And that's really something that stuck out to me. The only thing though, that I kind of, didn't really love about him, although he's my best pure between the tackles runner. As a receiver, I'm not sure how much he will offer in the NFL. That his hands definitely need a little bit of work in his overall route running. I would even say there's two things that I don't love about him. The receiving uh, upside is non-existent with Kenneth Walker, and then pass protection as well. He wants no part of it. And there are times where he would have to come off the field just because he was inept in terms of being a blocker and we know at the NFL level, I mean, look at, look at Ezekiel Elliott from just this past year, Ezekiel Elliott at times had no business being on the field just because of, you could just say injuries and effectiveness, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But Ezekiel Elliott is one of the best pure blockers in this league at the running back position. And he does it so well. Kenneth Walker, that's not his game. That's not his game. But the problem is at the NFL level, it's going to have to be a part of it. So he has to, he has to learn that side basically from scratch, which is part of the problem. Athletically. I don't know if he's like the best pure athlete that I've ever seen. He's good. He he's athletic. I'm not saying that he's not, but he definitely lacks those, those high end physical traits that you see like the, the gym rats like we talk about with certain guys that scouts absolutely fall in love with because they test well. That's not Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is not going to be a guy that's going to blow you away with numbers. And as far as, you know, how many lifts can he do? What's his 40 going to be? You know, th- th- things like that. He's not going to be that kind of guy. But Jake stole my thunder a little bit when he said the Michigan game. That yeah. was one. And then the other, the other one 
was the Miami game as well. He had 20 broken tackles against Miami alone. He's a runaway freight train, this guy. He's a, he's a runaway freight train. 5'10", 210. He had 89 broken tackles this year, most in the country by a sizable amount. And I think the one thing as well that I really, I really did kind of gravitate myself towards when, when evaluating Kenneth Walker was how he was able to manage a really high workload, had 262 carries for Michigan State, really was the, their entire offense at times, had so, just over 1,600 yards for the, for the Spartans as well in 18, 18 touchdowns. But what are the things that he, that he does well? Jake mentioned it. When he gets to the second level, forget it. He, he, he's gone. He's gone. He's not going to be that guy that's going to really be shifty or anything like that. I really didn't see that all that, all that much on tape. But the straight one line thing, runner. he's a straight line runner. Bingo. That's exactly it with Kenneth Walker. He's that straight line runner, and he's going to beat you with elusiveness. He's going to beat you with pure power, which Kenneth Walker brings to the table. And it's handling the heavy workload, which I think in the NFL, I think it translates really, really well to, to the next level to see a guy who can handle 260-plus uh, carries. And there were no injury problems with with Walker uh, from this, from this past year. So he, he is my number one. And I think when I, when I was watching, I don't really like to do this, give out comparisons and what kind of player they remind me of, because it puts unnecessary expectations on, on certain guys. But there was one that I immediately said, yeah, it reminds me of Kenneth Walker a lot. And that was D'Angelo Williams reminded me, one. reminded me a lot of D'Angelo when I saw him on uh, on tape. So now we go to Brees Hall. And he was on this Iowa State team that really took a massive step back in 2021. But Brees Hall just continued to do his thing. He raised his broken tackle total to 74 after he had 63 broken tackles from 2020. And for me, he just has this all-around skill set, much like Kenneth Walker does, that makes him so valuable at the next level, where teams are going to say, you know what, there's the potential that Brees Hall can come into, come into whatever team he walks into and could turn out to be a Javante Williams type, a J.K. Dobbins from two years ago type, where they take over later and later in the year, like a, a Michael Carter type, where I know, you know, you could, you could smile when you start talking about Michael yeah. Carter. I know, you know, I know you love him a lot. So uh, uh, Jake, your initial thoughts on, uh, on Brees Hall. Yeah. The thing is with Brees Hall, he doesn't necessarily have that natural explosiveness that we've seen from other high end running backs, in the NFL. That's not necessarily what I saw there, but what I did see was an incredibly patient runner behind the line of scrimmage. It's very back in the day, very Le'Veon Bell ish. So to say, See what I'm saying? You know how Le'Veon yeah. would just wait back there and just hit the hole? He would let the holes develop. That's Brees Hall for me. So that's why in the NFL it kind of determines a lot about the fit that he goes to. For instance, I don't think he would be very good in the one-cut type of system that we see with the Kyle Shanahan offense. I think he needs a little bit more of his own blocking scheme to best fit his skill set. So that's where I'm coming from with him. He doesn't necessarily have that home run hitting speed, that high end speed that we see from running backs, but that's okay because even Le'Veon himself didn't necessarily have that. He had other ways to hide that deficiency in his game to still be one of the best running backs in the NFL. And 
in his day. Obviously, as a receiver, Brees Hall is not the Le'Veon Bell as a receiver. Le'Veon Bell was a rare breed as a receiver. That's another area. We see this a lot with running backs coming out. I mean, we can kind of put this down for every prospect because in college football, pass protection is not necessarily a uh, – a prerequisite to get on the field. It's not necessarily as important in college football as it is in the NFL as the NFL. If you can't pass protect, you probably don't play putting it kindly. You have That's to be putting it very special. kindly. You have to be pretty damn special not to play on, on pay if you can't pass protect. So that's an area to me that needs work. And it, to me, I don't know if he's necessarily a three down back in the NFL. I think he might be a little bit more of a change of pace, part of a, uh, a one a and one B type. But we've, we're seeing all over in the NFL that we don't necessarily have a bell cow. I, there's not many of them left. So that's okay in my book. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You're not going to have uh, – you're not going to have Brees Hall go into, go into a system, I don't think, where he's going to be competing with a bell cow. That's just not where he's going to be set up to succeed. He's going to be going into a system where he could show off what he does really, really well. And I think for me – as a pure runner, I really – I was impressed to a point. I thought that his refusal to go down was something that I was I was blown away with. His, his, his fight on first contact, I really, really liked. But then as a receiver, when you get him to open space, you, you, you couldn't bring him down. He, he was that good in, in, in the pass game. That, that I saw on, on, on film, the balance that he has is tremendous. I think what he what he has more than Kenneth Walker does for me, I think Brees Hall is more athletic and more athletically gifted than Kenneth Walker is. He, he is the complete antithesis of what I just said about Kenneth Walker, where you want a guy who's going to test really well and be that gym rat, that's Brees Hall. That's your Here's, guy. Here, yes, I, well, I agree with you in space. He is definitely – exceptionally breaks a lot of tackles. There's no denying that. I think by the goal line, especially he'll be utilized a lot in the NFL, but my definition as a receiver, as a running back is maybe a little bit different than some, I consider being a true receiver, like on screens, check downs, that's not necessarily making a guy a great receiver. To me, it's flexing him out wide, running wheel routes up the field. See what I'm saying? More route running, kind of that receiver running back mold that we see James White in New England, uh, Giovanni Bernard with Tampa, obviously formerly known from all those days in Cincinnati. Those type of guys I consider to be above average wide receivers out of the backfield. So I, I just wanted to kind of clarify that before we, we moved on here. Sure. And, and, and I think I, I also wanted to clarify something else. Is that can he be a bell cow at the next level? Yes, he can. I, I believe I think so. I believe I believe he can based on the workload that he, that he had in college. He touched the ball, I believe more than any other running back in the country in the past two years, 590 or so times. But where is his best fit? I agree with you. I I think his best fit is in that 1A, 1B sort of committee approach. How many guys are really bell cows coming out of college anymore? Uh, Very little. There's Jonathan Taylor from the last two years and Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but the, uh, that was also. I think we can all say the Niners got a little lucky with that one, and and that's due to just terrible running backs behind him too. Obviously, Trey Sermon is probably won't be on the team again next year. Right. I mean, so if we're talking about guys that came out of college, you could say, yeah, bell cow running back and giving that guy the ball 25, 30 times a game, and boom, that's it. There are probably four that I can name off the top of my head, maybe in the last 
eight, nine years, let's say. And not right away either, I might add. No, not 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 right away. We'll say we'll say the last five or six. The last five or six years, the guys that I can name immediately are Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette. You know what's funny though, Jonathan Taylor. Remember, he had, Frank Reich had that weird infatuation with Naheem Hines his rookie year too. Yeah, before he really came on. And just I know we have to move on, but those guys that you mentioned were first round picks too, inside the top five. Yeah, it's true. So obviously they're they're getting the damn ball. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let, let me let me ask let me just ask you this because we are a fantasy centric show. Who do you think is going to be better off for fantasy in year one? If you were to pick one between Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall, who's the guy? If I'm sticking to what I'm doing in my mock drafts, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker because I think the Texans will draft him in the second round. I would take I would take Kenneth Walker as well. But it depends on spot. Spot is going to be very, very Texans. important. One with, of them will be a Houston Texan. Mark my words. I don't think it's a bad that's a bad spot. For, for either one of them now with the Texans situation now with how many running backs they have. I mean, dear God, but eventually, yeah, if they were to go to the Texans, I would think one of them, one of them would, would become their guy um, pretty, pretty quickly. But for fantasy purposes, these are two guys that you're going to take them and you're going to stash them and boom. And you're going to hope that they, that you're going to hope within, Six, seven, eight weeks, they're going to take the field. Think of Javante Williams. Think of Michael Carter. That's the kind of asset we're talking about from a fantasy perspective. All right. So the we'll talk, we'll actually group uh, Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce together since we have them um, pretty much in, in the same uh, boat here. And then we'll talk about James Cook um, at the end. Jake. Tyler Algier, what makes him special? Just very well-rounded, man. Seriously, I saw the things that I saw him do were, yeah, this works in the NFL. You ever just get that watching guy and you just say, yeah, that that's an NFL running back right there. That's an NFL, so just fill in the blank. And to me, obviously having last year at BYU, we all know who their quarterback was. was Zach, Zach, Zach Wilson. Yes. And – they're obviously going to put up points. They have the number two overall pick, but Zach Wilson is obviously no longer in the picture. And Algier just turned into the the heartbeat and the soul of that offense and kept them in games all by himself. And the thing that I loved about him was that he never – he runs like I call – excuse my French here. He runs like an angry son of a bitch. Like this guy does not want to go down. He, does, he welcomes contact. I don't know how long – the longevity there. I don't know if that will necessarily translate well to the NFL from that perspective that might have to change a little bit because you're one hit away but this guy just does not go down and in terms of hitting the hole in a one cut type of system the, like we see all over the NFL you don't really see a ton of zone blocking anymore it's a lot of that Shanahan west coast get the ball out quick get the guy in yeah. space hit a the zone hole. heavy scheme exactly he is going to hit that hole and take all he, he shoots like a shotgun and but he keeps going you see what I'm saying? It's not like he slows down. He's got a second, third, fourth gear. He just keeps running until he's down. Plain and simple. <laughs> yeah, I and and I think with with Algier, if you're looking for a guy that's going to be flashy, this this ain't it. This ain't this, this is not your guy. Because none of these guys are. 
No, he. I, I think if you're looking for that for that guy, it's probably it's my number. It's my it's, it's my next rated guy. It could be Davion Pierce as as no no as well it's, it's James and James Cook, Cook and James Cook. We'll get but, to James Cook, but yes, yeah. But for for me, I I think Algier he could be. I I don't think he has that um that pass catching. I don't want to say novelty, but I just I think he might. I, he may, he may. I actually think that if you're looking for a real bruiser, running back, goal line situation, if not a full but a fullback, I think Algier could be your guy. And I know that we talk about fullbacks just being a dying breed in the National Football League. But he's an outstanding, outstanding pass blocker. So you 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 get him on on the field with a guy like I'm not saying it's going to happen because it would require a team spending two picks on running backs, which is never going to happen. But like say you were to pair him with a Kenneth Walker, where Kenneth Walker comes off the field on third down, and you bring on Algier, and Algier becomes your pass blocking guy. That's that's his game. In a nutshell, not to mention that he he just absolutely lowers his shoulder and he bulldozes people at the point of contact. It's crazy. The his, Niners drafted two guys last year. You never know. Fair point. That's a, that is a fair point. But this is the 49ers. They 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 zig with everybody's axe. They are the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays of football. I have I but for all the Jet fans, real quick, I have heard that the Jets are high on Algier. For for you know why. Because uh, Zachy said, "Hey, try and go pick my boy." Yeah, telling you, they're high on him. him. I don't blame him. Hey, you want to make your franchise guy happy? That's that's what you do. You go draft. You go draft his boy from college, and he is a good compliment along with the next guy, Damian Pierce. Who, oof, yes, loved what I saw from him. Yeah, so let's just go right into right into Damian Pierce. Jake, what were the things that you saw that you absolutely fell in love with? Oh, just the overall power, man. Like, this guy is built like an absolute freight train. He is built like a house, man. I would not want to tackle that guy in the open field. No, thank you. Early down back, you know who my pro comparison, I don't like doing this either, but I saw a lot of A.J. Dillon in him, mm. to be completely honest with you. That was the guy who I saw where the hips and the overall shiftiness and the agility, not great. Don't get me wrong there, but – Power, the, the overall power to speed is absolutely incredible. It almost looked like he got faster after breaking tackles. It's insane, it really is. So, early down back, got to take as a receiver, doesn't bring much value at all. But if he can just be competent enough, he will be an early down back in the NFL. Very confident in that. So, he has he has one percent body fat, Damian yes. Pierce. So, and he weighs 215 pounds. He is pure muscle. The dude, the dude's a tank. The dude is an absolute tank. And you get a guy like that in open space who's coming right at you. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck. And what I really like too, this is your shifty guy. The, this is he can stop and cut mm. on a on a dime. I didn't see that. Interesting. Interesting. Because I, I, I did. Especially I, when he gets low, when he gets low and he's, he's, he has low center of gravity. 
I think allows him to stop and cut and do a little juke. He doesn't have, I'm not saying he's got your, your elite shiftiness, you know, put on the burner or anything, but he's, he's got a nice move to him. And I, I, I did see that on film, but this the stiff arm. He sits, he sits boys yep. down. He sits boys down. And the one thing with Pierce, and I actually had to reach out to uh, a buddy of mine who's, who's a scout because I was very curious about what teams kind of thought about Pierce given the very limited workload that he had in college. I believe uh, throughout college, he only had 260 carries, which is lower than what Kenneth Walker had just this year. So there were teams that I know that love just Damian Pierce, period. And they see him as that secondary piece in a timeshare, that, that 1A, 1B. Yeah, that's almost like an attractive thing about him, not having a ton of miles on the t- on the tires. Oh, that's it. That's it. There are teams that love the miles. So that way they, they could see, okay, we have a guy that has been running to the ground before. We can do it. We could do it here. Then when he's done, he's done great. Then there are other teams that don't want the additional miles that want to be able to just say, you know what? We want a guy. We want to build up a guy. That's what Davion Pierce can, can potentially be. But I, I really want to know, and I don't know, maybe you have an answer for this. Maybe you don't as to why he wasn't featured more. Because him only having, I think, I think his career, his career high for touches in the season or carries in the season was 106. So I guess my question is, why wasn't he featured more? I I don't necessarily have the answer for that. Yeah, I, I wasn't of, not part one. of the coaching staff, but if I right. had to guess, he does. He's not necessarily a college football running back. He's more, you know what I'm saying? There's some guys that are just traditional college football running backs who we see all the time that put up all these monster stats in college and and the NFL, they don't really amount to much because their games just do not translate to the NFL game because they're just a product of that spread, like kind of easy rushing yard. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just the offense that they're in and the competition they're playing against is just built for them to put up these monster numbers. So he's he's not necessarily that guy in the spread offense that is... You know what I'm saying? That run pass option where you just hand it off to the guy. He's not necessarily that type of guy. He's more of that traditional under center, up the gut, off tackle, counters, that type of run. That's the only thing, and they don't really do a ton of that in college. That's the only thing that might come to mind for me. So now, before we go into team needs, our guy. This I, I could say this is our guy, James Cook. Yeah, steal of the draft, I think, in my opinion. And that's a mention. I mean, look, look who his brother is. So that doesn't have much to do with it, but no, obviously, yeah. obviously not. But you know, it, but if you wanted to helped. say it runs in the family, you could say it. It runs in the family, sure. But well, I think James, I actually think James Cook is a very, very different sort of runner to oh, to Dalvin. Completely and, different and a different receiver. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the college football playoffs from last year before you turn on any of the regular season to see James cook and what he brings to the table. And the thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit with cook is a lot of people kind of knock him for this as just being a one dimensional type of receiving back 
not really much of between. He can run between the tackles. He just wasn't given the opportunity to do so because he also played with another good running back quite like a decent amount in Zamir White in Georgia. That's, yes. that's a rare thing for Kyle. James Cook reminded me a lot of my guy, Michael Carter, just a better, more explosive receiver than Michael Carter coming out of college. So some team will be getting a steal. Please do not let him go to Tampa Bay. Please. <laughs> that would yep. be an absolute nightmare. I agree. I agree completely. I think I think one of the spots that I put down as potentially could be a disaster would have been Tampa was Tampa Bay. Oh, that, that would be game over. No, seriously. He, you know, he, he kind of reminds reminds me of, I think a lot of people can, and we actually just mentioned him on the show, ironically enough. He does remind me of, of a Naeem Hines, a much more, like a much more polished version of Naeem Hines and what he kind of brings to the table. So if you're looking for a home run guy, you're looking for someone that is going to get you your top speed and is just going to just burst through a hole. Goodbye. That's your James Cook. Pass catching. That that's what he does. He is an the elite, best one in the draft. Elite pass catcher. I, and we we haven't mentioned the word elite with a lot of these running backs with anything in particular. James Cook is an elite pass catching running back. That's what he does. That's where he makes his money. Can he be, I think what everyone's going to say, you know, when it comes to the pass catching running backs is like an Austin Eckler. Everyone just defaults to that. Is he an Austin Eckler type? No, he no. can be, he can be, he can be because we've seen hell Austin Eckler came out of nowhere to become Austin Eckler. So can he become that? Sure. He can, but I think there's a lot of things that he has to improve on. One of the big ones for me, especially going into the NFL from college, He's got to bulk up big time because I think he's a little tiny for, for me. I believe he weighed in at 5'11", 195 at the combine. If he could put on, I, I it's very tricky to say with running backs, you know, when you want to play with their weight, but if they were to add on like 10 pounds of muscle, I would be like, okay, you know, you're, we're, we're talking about something, get around that 200 pound mark. And I would say you might have something there in terms of a guy that really can become, a, a, I don't want to say a bruiser, because it's not his game, but someone that could become a bit more elusive in terms of being able to just shake guys off and make, make plays without getting just taken down at the first point of contact, which happens with him more times than not. Well said, my brother. <laughs> I, I really, everything you just said, I agree with. So we know my sleeper. It is James Cook. So very anticlimactic, I know. Jake, who is your sleeper for the running back position? Hassan Haskins out of Michigan, believe it or not. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm I like Hassan Haskins. I do. But there were there were some things that I didn't necessarily love. I mean, just besides the fact that he played for Michigan. But I I really want to see more of and I guess you could contribute this to maybe him just getting more of a workload just with the jump from 2020 to 2021, but the yards per attempt were a little down in 2021 touchdowns. Of course, were up. Perhaps it comes from you see the, you see the usage rate though. The usage rate was through the roof. He, he had more touches than Kenneth Walker did. Exactly. So that's I why believe, I kind of, conj- I believe yeah. he was at two, I want to say two seventy carries. And he would play the whole uh, Harbaugh loves playing his guys. Yeah. Yes, he 
he did not come off the field. And the game immediately jumps to mind was the Ohio State game where he he did not come off the field at all. No. There are two games that if you want to look at the at Hassan Haskins where you want to see what he does best, it's the Ohio State game and then it's the Northwestern game as well. Those were the two that I watched with Haskins where I said, yeah, I, 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 I'm a fan. But then there are other games where the Maryland game, I really wasn't particularly impressed. Wisconsin as well. But Wisconsin, you know what you're going up against at Wisconsin. You're going up against mean sons of bitches on the defensive side of the ball. That's just that's just badger football right then, right then and there. But the Ohio State game is where, yeah, that's when Haskins, I think, that really arrived on like the on the national scene where I was like, oh, okay, this guy can play. This guy can play. I know some people that love Hassan Haskins that think he's a top, I would say, 7,500 player in the draft almost. Interesting. Very interesting. No, I, I know people that are big on him. I probably would have him. I, there's some people that I know that, that are very low on him. I wouldn't say I'm very low on him. But I would probably put him in like the top. I don't know if I would put him top 100. But I would put him like top. 120 probably overall players fair yeah yeah i probably I, pro- I probably i probably would another guy that i think i want everyone to just keep an eye out for young younger guy too uh just turned 20 um isaiah spiller out of texas a&m someone that i that i do like yeah. a, a fair bit fair bit but there Did are imp- yeah the yeah, yeah go ahead I, w- I was gonna say that there's there's a lot of holes in that game but the raw talent is there with him yeah, it really didn't show out much at the combine either. No, he tested very, very poorly. Bad. Very, very, very poorly. Um, so that's just something that, you know, if if that is your kind of thing and you want to uh, go check out some of the other guys, Isaiah Spiller could be your guy that you uh, make your own opinion on. All right, let's go to the NFL draft and let's go to team needs, shall we? And we are covering the AFC North. So, Jake, let's start with the reigning AFC champion, shall we? The Cincinnati Bengals. What short, they and sweet, short and sweet here, offensive line. Uh, yep, that is literally what I have written down. They need an offensive line. It's plain and simple. Yeah. They, they can do whatever they want in this draft as long as they're taking offensive line at – I would say at 31, 31 overall, whomever their best offensive lineman on the board is there has to be the pick has got to be the guy. Agreed. I would even say if they, and if they wanted it, they really wanted to corner could be an option there because they, why Eli Apple is even still seeing the field. I have no idea. Tight end potentially. I think it could be an interesting spot for a guy that we'll be talking about on Friday in Trey McBride going to going to Cincinnati that could be an interesting little spot for him uh and then I think defensive tackle needs some help and linebacker they could use some help as well but offensive line is the is the clear clear need for for the Bengals they need a guard and they probably need a center as well to me Tyler Smith out of Tulsa makes a lot of sense there might be a little bit of a reach but they really might need to reach a little bit in an offensive lineman 
Yeah, yeah. And, and Tyler Smith is a he's a guy that's that, that is flying up boards. From oh, what yeah. I understand, I believe you might you I, I like him one. a lot. Yep. And you may have been the one that told me that that he was flying up boards. I actually I checked on that, and yes, that's the same thing. That's what I came back with. So yes, you were right. Tyler Smith is flying up boards, and the Bengals could be a spot for him at thirty-one. All right, the let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, shall oh. we? How oh, about this? I wonder. Yeah, I wonder How what they this? need. How about this? We'll make it interesting. They need a quarterback. We all know they need a quarterback. Outside of quarterback, what do they need? <laughs> Not much else, to be completely honest with you. I, agree. I think off, offensive tackle is a glaring need. They they need to address that. I just yeah. I want to preface them. If you can't get the trade up for a quarterback, please don't force one. Just don't force it. If Trevor Penning is there at a northwest out of a not northwestern, northern there? Iowa, northern Iowa, yes, that's who I would take. I agree. I agree. If, if it's not quarterback, it has to be tackle because they have to improve in the run game. That's where I think Trevor Penning excels. And maybe because I th- I keep getting mixed signals on on him. I know that there are teams who absolutely love Charles Cross, and there are teams that are just like, no, thank you. I, uh, it's funny. I heard something about Charles Cross today. <laughs> I've heard a lot of mixed reviews, and I, I'm not good the ones biggest lately Charles... for me. Interesting. I'm not the biggest Charles Cross guy, but I see the appeal that teams could potentially like him. I, I've heard that there are teams in the top ten that really like him. I've heard there are teams in the teens that really really like him, but I've also heard that there are teams that have second, third round grades on him. Namely, the Giants are one of those teams that do like him. Just putting it out there. I've heard the same. I've heard the same. And all I will say right now is if the New York Giants decide to take Charles Cross over Iki Aquanu or Evan Neal, I will laugh. I will be bursting out laughing. They did it with Andrew Thomas all, all those years ago, too, when they had their pick. They did. But, but, I mean, let's be fair. You and I both loved Andrew Thomas. He was my number two tackle that year. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was my he was my number was he my number one? He might have been. I have, to, I have to go I have to go back and check, but I think yep. he so, I think Willis Willis and uh Jedrick Willis and Andrew Thomas were my top two guys. But yep, you're right though. They went against yeah. the consensus there. Yeah, and he and, and he's been fine. He hasn't been earth shattering or anything, but he's been yeah. fine. He's been fine. Um, but yeah, the Steelers, it's it's offensive line, and then if they're gonna go defensive, corner. They have to improve. Um, at the corner spot. I know they, they acquired uh, Levi Wallace this off season, but that's obviously not going to, to be enough for, um, for Pittsburgh. They need to get some corner help at some point during this draft. Okay. The Browns, Jake, what do the Browns need now? <laughs> yes. Three particular needs do stand out. For me, with Cleveland, number one, they need another pass catcher. Definitely need mm. another receiver. Edge rusher, have to have one out on the other side of Miles Garrett. And then also, I really think they could benefit from another linebacker in that yeah. room to go alongside JOK. Sure. I said I said linebacker as well, and I circled receiver. Receiver, this is a prime spot for one of the receivers to go. Now, do I think that they're going to trade up at round two to get a receiver. No, no, they don't have a first round pick. You got to remember they traded that for, for Deshaun Watson. So it really depends on who the, who are the receivers that are going to be there in, in round two. 
Could Traylon Burks be there? Maybe. I've heard. Nope. You think Not he goes? I'm, if, I'm here. I, I, I did hear a particular team that you have an affinity for our fans and are looking for a pass catcher. I've heard they're fans of Burks. I've heard they're fans of Olave. You know what's an interesting one? You mentioned them trading back. I I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, was a prime trade out trade out of the first round candidate is Detroit at 32 is interesting. If they like Boye Mafe or they like a name your play, like a Jahan Dotson type. I agree. Just get more capital because what are they really going to do with that 32nd overall pick? How does it really help them? Yeah, it's Detroit. It's like, All right, it doesn't help them. Trade out, trade out of the first round. Get a couple picks later in the draft. Get some more capital in. Boom! It makes it makes a ton of sense. Now, I mean, if 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 they are enamored with one, for what it's worth, I don't think Detroit takes a quarterback this year, based off of what I've heard. No, I don't either. I don't either. I, I don't think they take they take a quarterback either. But we've seen crazier things happen. Yep. But yeah, I I don't think this is the year for a QB needy team that doesn't have a plug and play option to be going out of their way to get a, to get a quarterback like Carolina, for example, they need one because we've seen the options they have. They're, they're terrible. Detroit, Jared Goff is, is very serviceable for a team. That's not going anywhere anytime right. soon. Right. For, for a team that is not going anywhere. Exactly. And the Baltimore Ravens are our last one, Jake Two. Two areas of need that are pretty significant for me. Offensive line, particularly another tackle. Perhaps they can go with the center as well. And also, they need a defensive tackle to replace Calais Campbell, who is a free agent. I guess maybe they could bring him back. But there are two guys in that first round that kind of just scream Ravens to me. Number one is Jordan Davis out of Georgia. The defensive tackle makes a ton of sense for Baltimore. Mammoth of a human being. Yep. And also, if Charles Cross makes it to – Pick 14, I think that's a shoo-in to be a Raven. I've heard much of the same with Cross, that if he gets there, that the Ravens are one of those teams that really like him. And I thought for sure earlier in the process that uh, Tyler Linderbaum just screamed Baltimore. But the problem is that he's he's got the Cesar Ruiz disease. Yep. That it's He's a center. He's a strict center. And he's just falling down the board. I, and I actually think Linderbaum could be a great fit for Cincinnati. I think that's, that is just like a match made in heaven for them. Get offensive line help and you get a guy that that's going to be a reliable center for the next 10 years with your quarterback, who is going to be your franchise guy for the foreseeable future. And then some with Joe Burr, Mr. Joe Burrow. I think Linderbaum makes a lot of sense for, for Cincinnati, but, um, but for Baltimore, they, we all know the kind of player that Baltimore likes player that's going to have a high motor you know, drink for anybody who uh who's playing the uh drink anytime someone says a high motor during the draft process well there you go cross that off your bring of cards someone that has a high motor someone that's going to give it their 110 percent on every single play and it's going to be the best player available on their board that's just what baltimore does they do it more so than any other team you have teams that just go back and forth about what they need, who fits a need, blah, 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 blah. We all know what the Ravens do. This goes from when Ozzie Newsom was there, and they still continue to do it. Whomever the best player is on their board, that is who they take. So whomever that guy is going to be, that will be their pick that hopefully fills a need. 
and it isn't a quarterback because they're not going to take a quarterback there with Lamar Jackson. Just want to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, that is uh, that's the AFC North. We will be back on Friday with the AFC West. So we're talking about Russell Wilson and his Broncos. We're talking about the new look Las Vegas Raiders, Mahomes and his Chiefs, and Herbert and the Bolts. So. Stay tuned for that. Subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Be greatly appreciated. And send questions into the mailbag. Maybe one of your questions will be featured on One Quick Question. It's a great, great little program that we do here at the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. So for Jake, I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Love you guys. Bye-bye.